Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome back to Morning Inspirations. I hope everybody's feeling blessed on this beautiful, beautiful Wednesday morning that God has decided to wake us up in. Let us rejoice and be glad in it on this day. Let's go ahead and give God some praise. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. We come boldly to the throne, oh Father God. We come with thanksgiving and praise in our mouth, oh Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, thank you, Father God, for waking us up this morning with your excitement and your glory and your splendor, oh Heavenly Father. Thank you, Father God, for letting our hearts, Father God, not be troubled on this day, but filled with joy and your love, oh Heavenly Father. We thank you for our family and our friends on this day, oh Heavenly Father. And we thank you for our enemies too, Father God. God. Bless those, Father God, that are in need of you, Father God, but just don't know it right now, O oh Lord. Bless those, Father God, that are striving to have a relationship with you, O oh Heavenly Father. Father God, you said in your word, knock and the door shall be open. Heavenly Father, we silently wait for you, Father God, because we know that you are our rock and our salvation, Heavenly Father. And this morning, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for always being being there for us, Father God. Thank you for always preparing a table before us in the presence of our enemies, oh Father God. Thank you for keeping our cups full, Father God, and anointing our heads with oil, oh Father God. Thank you for giving us wisdom and understanding, Father God, and giving us insight, Father God, on this day, Father God. Thank you for keeping our cookie path straight, oh Heavenly Father, and thank you, Father God, for anointing our heads with oil, oh Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, we just want to give you glory and honor and praise this morning for all that you're doing in our lives, all that you will do, Father God, for keeping that covenant that you made with Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac so, so long ago, Father God, for extending it to us, oh Heavenly Father, for all that you've done, Father God, for dying on the cross for our sins, our sicknesses, and diseases, oh Father God. Father God, we want you to know right now, Father God, that it has not gone unnoticed, oh Heavenly Father, that our heart openly and willingly waits for, Father God, for you, for a sign from you, Father God, to spread love like only you can, oh Heavenly Father. As we go forth in this day today, Father God, let our hearts and our minds stay steadfast on your word, oh Heavenly Father. Let us keep dwelling in our secret place with you, oh Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, keep a hedge of protection around and about us, oh Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, we know that you're able to do all things in our lives, oh Heavenly Father. We know that you sit up high and you look down low, oh Heavenly Father. And we ask that you intercede on our behalf today, Father God. Take care of any sickness. Have compassion, Father God, for anyone grieving. Heal hearts and minds, Father God. Aches and pains on this day, Father God. 
fixed finances, Father God, because we know that we are in a fixed fight as long as we have our hand in your hands, Father God. Let us not look to the north, east, south, or west, Father God, but keep our eyes, our eyes on you, O Heavenly Father. We thank you on this day, Father God, for your new grace and your new mercy. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen, 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 amen. So I hope you guys are doing well today. I hope you guys have been pouring into yourself on this beautiful, beautiful Wednesday. You know, God is able to do all things. All you have to do is call out and ask him. He will be on the way. So I know sometimes we all can go through things. We all can say things um, that'll have us scratching our head and it'll have our Heavenly Father scratching his head too. But I'm always reminded that he sits on the throne. He sits on the throne, that he is my rock, he's my salvation, and he is my defense. And he is my father, and he knows best. So let's jump right into what we got going on today. Uh, we Where we left off, we left off with Joseph and Pharaoh telling these brothers to go on down to Canaan. And get their father. Bring him back to Egypt. And they shall not want for anything. And um, they give him, they give, uh, Joseph gives his brothers by the order of Pharaoh, of course, uh, carts to go down and get his father, as well as Bring them back because Pharaoh and Joseph realized that, you know, his father is of age. And plus, they got the women and the children. So he sends them back with garments. He sends them back with um, carts, wagons uh, to get their people. So where we left off at, I'm going to pick up um, right here in chapter 46. Well, we'll come back up a little bit. Uh, Chapter 45, verse 27 into 46. 27 goes, but when they told him all the words which Joseph had said to them, and when he saw the carts which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob, their father, revived. Then Israel said, it is enough. Joseph, my son, is still alive, and I will go down and see him before I die. Chapter 46. So Israel took his journey with all that he had and came to Beersheba and offered up sacrifices to God of his father Isaac. Then God spoke to Israel in visions of that night and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, Here I am. So he said, I am God, the God of your father. Do not fear to go down to Egypt, for I will make you a great nation down. There, I will go down with you to Egypt and I will surely bring you up again. And Joseph will put his hands on your eyes. Then Jacob arose from Beersheba and the sons of Israel carried him, carried their father Jacob, their little ones and their wives in carts 
which Pharaoh had sent to carry him. So let's stop right here. Let's dig a little bit into my notes. You know, I got to break it down. I got to break it down a little bit. So after Joseph has revealed himself to his brothers, he tells them, you know, not to be angry, not to be dismayed. And he sends them on back to get uh, his father. And with the help of Pharaoh, they go back and uh, they tell Jacob, which is his name now is Israel. Uh, they told him what's the words that Joseph told them to tell him, go get our father and tell him that I live. And they did so. And I, I, I noted this here at the end of it. He said to them, after he gave them the garments and gave Benjamin the uh, silver and five uh, garments of his own, he says, and make sure you don't get any trouble <laughs> on your way <laughs> uh, down to get popped. So uh, once they told Israel this, Israel took the journey with all of his with all that he had, and came to Beersheba. Now, mind you, uh, Pharaoh had already said, listen, go get your people, you or family, uh, Joseph, all that we have in Egypt. The fat of the land will be yours. You don't have to bring any anything, just bring yourselves. But Jacob, or Israel being Israel, he took the journey with all that he had, and he offered up sacrifices to God there in Beersheba. Now note to self, that's the same place that Abraham and Isaac offered up sacrifices to eat, to, to, to God. So right there, when Israel offers up the sacrifice and offering, observe that he did it in the same place that Abraham and Jacob I mean, Abraham and Isaac had done so long, long time ago. That's the spot where, you know, God had made his covenant with Abraham as well as uh, sealed it with Isaac. So that is to be noted. And when God speaks to him that night in a vision, when he says to him, uh, Jacob, Jacob, and Jacob says, here I am. If you note in verse chapter 46, verse three, four, verse three, I can't talk today, guys. He says, I am the God, the God of your father. Do not fear to go down to Egypt right there. I am the God, the God of your father right there. He's reminding them, them of the covenant that he had made. And as well as, um, Israel offering up sacrifices and offerings. This was in Thanksgiving. My Matthew Henry tells me he does this for one when he stops there in Beersheba and he gets the vision from God. He stopped there primarily to get permission from God to leave the land in which God had promised him. See, he's still clearly conscious of the fact that he has a relationship with God and he's not going to move on anything without consulting God. So that's to be noted as, as well. Uh, that's what my Matthew Henry says to me. As well as to be noted, he offers up those sacrifices and offers as a thanksgiving for one, for the blessing 
of his family, that he gets to see his family. He gets to see Joseph's face and he gets to see the turn of events that's taking place in his family. His family is being put back together and his loved ones, his love for Joseph, his love for um, Benjamin, and his love for the rest of his sons, Judah and Reuben and all of them. He says, you know, Matthew Henry says, it tells me, uh, this verse is for the late blessings that God has bestowed upon um, Jacob. So as we move on, God tells him, I'll go down with you. I will go down with you and I will surely bring you up again. And Joseph will put his hands on your eyes. So let's move a little further. Let's move a little further in verse uh, chapter 46, um, verse 5. Then Jacob arose from Beersheba. The sons of Israel carried their father Jacob, their little ones, their wives, and then the cart which Pharaoh had sent to carry him. So they took their livestock and their goods, which they had acquired in the land of Egypt, and went to Egypt, Jacob and all his descendants with him. His sons and his sons' sons, his daughters and his daughters, his sons' daughters, all his descendants was brought into Egypt. Now, they say they were 66 persons in all. So let's take a look at this here. Let's take a look. God promised Israel that he would multiply when he talked to him in that vision. He said, go on down. I'll be with you. You will increase there. So he will multiply in Egypt. God also promised him that he will be present with him. I'll be there with you in the land of Egypt. When you die, I will bring you back up to the land of promise in which I promised you, which was Canaan. So God right here, he tells Israel that I will be with you. Don't be afraid because you got to remember there's got to be a mix of emotions with Israel right now. The same boys that told him that his son was dead has now come back, told him that his son is now alive, that he is governor and he has sent for him. And the only thing that kind of convinced him was seeing all of the things that they brought with them, the carts that they brought with them to bring him and his family back down to Egypt from Canaan. And my Matthew Henry breaks it down a little bit more. It says to me, and we do do this, we only believe with our natural eye. There goes that eye thing again. Remember early on in Genesis, the sin is in the eye. And that's what we as people, as believers, faith walk, uh, Christians, whatever you want to call yourself or whatever you like to be called. That's where we mess up. We start letting our eyes get the best of us. We all do it. I have done it so many times and still do it. But when you start your journey and your faith walk with God and he starts to clean you up, because you're on that pot as well. So he's going to remake, shape, and mold you. 
As my auntie liked to say, you know, Victoria, your flesh did not get saved. Your spirit got saved. So you got to rein that flesh right back on in. So you got to stop that flesh. You got to slap it on the hand and stop that flesh from doing some of the things that we're accustomed to doing. And that's in the eye too. That envy, that jealousy, and that strife. So with this here, God's promises, the same promise he made to Abraham and Isaac, he is also reminding Israel, I am keeping my covenant with you. The land in which I promise you, Canaan, you will return to, dead or alive, and you will multiply in Egypt. Now, my Matthew Henry breaks it down a little bit more for us, and it tells us that Joseph is old and he's fearful. One, he doesn't want his boys to be more tainted than they already is. He doesn't want them to get down to Egypt and start worshiping false idols, but not forget their father's God by being in, in Egypt, not to forget God's promise of the promised land. And we as people, we do that today. We see things, I don't care if it's clothes, cars, or houses. And even in our faith walk, we can get all discombobulated in our weight. I have certainly been there and still am. We might see something with the eye and we get in a hurry to do it. Or we might get excited Because God has revealed a little bit of his plan for us, to us. But he never gives us all the details. Sometimes we might be sitting right in the blessing and don't realize it until that still, small voice makes us go back and do what? Remember, like I told you guys on Monday, it's like a deck of cards just flashing or a book. Take a book and thumb your finger through there and flip all the pages. We can start to remember some of the things that God brought us through. And when we're sitting in that moment, we have that aha moment of God did bring us through. And whatever it was we were stressed about, angry about, or hurt about, We made it through. So then we as people, we say we're reflecting on it. But reflecting is that 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 God, that God brought us through it. It did not break us. Like he said in his word, take up my yoke. He tells us that in Matthew. In Matthew, he tells us, excuse me, I'm going to flip over here. He tells us in Matthew to take up his yoke. He said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So when we start to see things with that eye, we start to see them with our eye. We start to want what our neighbors got, our family members got, or we even start to lust. We have to kill that flesh off. The eye is the flesh as well. And this is what 
Israel was fearful of. His boys are something. He knows his boys are something. Joseph knows his boys are something. That's why he told them, try not to get into any mischief on your way back to pick up Pops and bring him back down. And and Joseph, I mean, not Joseph, Israel, he's older. He's older. And he knows that he's he's a bit old. And, and life may not be what it was. And, and, and possibly death has come upon him, whatever God uh, orders for his life. He's, he's wise in that. But he also knows those sons of him. So when he observes everything, he does stop over in Beersheba. And he does, do, he does offer up a sacrifice and an offering unto, the, unto God. Because he wants it to be well within his heart. He wants it to be well within God, with God. He's careful not to not to make a move, especially where God has placed him all these years. You have to imagine in his mind, he probably thought he was going to die in the land of Canaan where God had placed him, as well as his family, that was his home. That's where they always would reside. But God had another plan when they sold Joseph off to Egypt because he knew he can see things that we can't see. I used to say all the time in morning inspirations that sometimes we want to go left or maybe right and God may want to take us up the hill, down the mountain, through the side, get back on the highway. He has his way of doing things. So just because we have our perception of what we think that God wants for us, we can't really foresee what God has for us. If he gave us all the details, all the good, all the bad, what would we need with our glorious father. Because we're going to try to sidestep the bad. And we only going to pick out the good. So as they get into Goshen. After Israel has that vision with God. And God speaks to him and tell him he's going to be with them. He sends Judah ahead to Goshen to find the way as well as to let Joseph know that he's on the way and that then again it tells me that he has arrived. And Joseph prepares a cart to go out and meet his father. And when they lay eyes on them, each other, you can imagine it's like seeing your long-lost loved one, especially if you thought that loved one was dead, especially, you know, it brings me to thinking about so many missing children, so many unsolved murders. Just imagine if one of those missing children returned home as a teenager or a young adult after many, many years of thinking you've lost that loved one, it will be a joyous occasion to lay eyes on that son or that daughter again. And my Bible tells me they weep. But when in, in doing their weeping, Joseph is still thinking. My Matthew Henry tells me that. 
So he goes on to tell his brother and his father's household, look, Pharaoh might ask you what your occupation is. Because back in those days, my Matthew Henry tells me, and the Bible tells me as well, being a shepherd was an abomination in Egypt. So as we go on over to chapter 46, verse 28, it reads like this. Then he sent Judah before, before him to Joseph to the point out before him the way to Goshen. And they came to the land of Goshen. And so Joseph made ready his chariot and went up to Goshen to meet his father Israel. And he presented himself to him and fell on his neck and wept on his neck a good while. And Israel said to Joseph, Now let me die since I have seen your face because you are still alive. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? They tell us, that tells me right there, the love that these two share. They already had a tight bond as we remember um, earlier on as this whole thing started to unravel. And chapter 46, verse 31 says, Then Joseph says to his brothers and to his father's household, I will go up and tell Pharaoh and say to him, My brothers and those of my father's house who were in the land of Canaan have come to me. And the men are shepherds, for their occupation has been to feed the livestock, and they have brought their flock, their herds, and all that they have. So it shall shall be when Pharaoh calls you and says, What is your occupation? That you shall say, your servant's occupation has been with livestock from our youth even till now, both we and also our fathers, that you may dwell in the land of Goshen, for every shepherd is an abomination to the Egyptians. And then right here, my Matthew Henry goes into a little bit more detail about that. They do explain how being a shepherd in the land of Egypt is an abomination to the Egyptians. As well as, it also tells me that Joseph still wants them to have a little bit of comfort. He doesn't want them to be exactly all the way in Egypt, but Goshen is just right there, that middle ground. They're halfway still near Canaan, and they're halfway in Egypt, so he can still get to them, and if they wanted to still go home, they could still go home. Now, that's what my Matthew Henry says, and he also wants to give comfort. He wants them to be comfortable. He wants them to be able to continue to do what they were they that what their occupation is, which is they got all this livestock and stuff. Now, you know, for for me in today's world with my uh, my brain and my thinking, <laughs> I wouldn't left my stuff behind either, especially if I know my heavenly father had blessed it to me. Even though Pharaoh said, hey, come on down, eat and enjoy the fat of the land of Egypt. Their occupation is still shepherds. So, of course, in Israel being in a take, 
the things and move in to Exodus. I hope you guys have enjoyed this journey that we've been on. For some of us, it's probably the and lead the way for me in this journey. Peace and blessings to you all until Friday. And remember, if you can't do anything else, a kind word goes a long way, but a hot meal goes even further. As well as, don't forget to head on over to 12streettalkback.com. And I have noticed on the web when you Google it, if you just put in 12 Street Talk Back, it will pop up under a pod page ISO. And you can just click right on it. And you can listen to all of your episodes over there on our website. We're still building it. It's coming along slow. But anything that takes time has a great reward. As well as look at our store with Bonfire. Bonfire is a beautiful website that lets us design t-shirts for the show. And they get a percentage and we get a percentage. I have a community t-shirt over there that is $26.50. Proceeds from that t-shirt will go into the community. I'm still keeping hope alive with being able to do something in the community for our elders this Christmas. I'm keeping my fingers crossed that God has a ram in the bush. All it takes is one big donation or one or plenty of many donations. So I'm going to still keep my fingers crossed for that. And if he has his way and this is something that he wants us to do this year, it will be done. If not, I already got it locked up with an organization for next year as well as whatever listening platform that you're on. Please, please, please rate the show. Give it five stars, as well as write a review. Reviews go a long way with helping us keep and get sponsorship. We want the show to be sponsored so it can remain available and free to each and every person as well as we want to be able to pour back into the show and pour back into the community. Peace and blessings to you all. And if it be in God's will, we'll see you right back here on Friday.
This podcast is sponsored by Faithful Counseling. What's up, guys? It's your girl, Victoria J. from 12th Street Talk Back and Morning Inspirations. Did you guys pour into yourself? I hope you poured into yourself today. If not, sometimes we can need a little bit more pouring. And today, I'm here to offer you just that with my new friends and partners, Faithful Counseling. You all always hear me talk about partnering with my Christian Conrads in Christ and always needing that extra shoulder to lean on as well as my faith. Well, today you can take comfort in having that exact same partner with Faithful Counseling. Thank you, Faithful Counseling, for sponsoring this podcast. With Faithful Counseling, you will get access to your needs and you'll be matched with your own licensed professional therapist who is a practicing Christian. That's right, who is a practicing Christian. You can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's text, chat, phone, or video call. And you can message your therapist at any time to schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. And if your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional cost. With Faithful Counseling, you get the same professionalism and quality you can expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you. More scheduling, flexibility, and at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at FaithfulCounseling.com slash 12th Street Talk Back. That's FaithfulCounseling.com slash 12th Street Talk Back. I've also linked it in the description below. Let's start pouring into yourself today with your new partner at Faithful Counseling.